Welcome back to the A to Z podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And today we are talking about a new Netflix anime movie, Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. But before we get into that, Zach, how have you been? I've been pretty good. This last weekend, I went up to College Station because my sister's moving in there to start college. So that was exciting. I went up on Friday night and stayed till kind of late on Saturday night. But I helped my parents like get it all moved in. We went around, walked around the campus. We saw like where her building's at. Uh, we got like a tour of the wreck, which I, I had seen the AM wreck before, probably like seven years mm-hmm. ago, whenever I toured the campus, whenever I was in high school. And it was still kind of under construction. So we got to take a look at it, you know, the full built out wreck. And it's massive. They had a lot of amenities for the students. So that was impressive. And funny enough, we actually, uh, we're walking by Kyle Field and no one wrapped me out for this, but I was walking with my family and I found a way like into the Kyle Field complex. And I was like, I wonder if we could find a way onto the field. So I started like trying to open some doors and one of them opened. <laughs> and lo and behold, we found our way on Kyle Field. I mean, there was nobody around and we probably weren't supposed to be there, but no one was there to stop us. And I, I was kind of you know, credit to my family for not saying like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. They were just kind of along for the ride. And then they came down to the field with me. So it was kind of funny. You know, standing They're like, this there. is what it's like to be college kids again. <laughs> yeah. I, I know for a fact that my dad would have been like, no, don't do that on any other day. But since it was like Rose's move in day and it was the college experience, he was just like, whatever. And I actually got him to come yeah. out on the field with me. <laughs> he probably so. wanted to be on the field too. I think so. And he went to <laughs> A&M. So he wanted to like relive yeah. his, his days. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was fun. We, uh, cool. she's got an apartment kind of near Northgate, which is like the party area, I guess. So okay. we didn't really do any partying, but we kind of walked around just to see the, you know, the spots and all of that. There were a couple that had still been there from whenever my dad went to college, which was a long time ago. And, uh, he showed us those, but overall, yeah, it was a good time. She's not too far away from me, just a couple hour drive. So I'll probably end up going up there for a football game or something. At some point, nice. but yeah, it, it was nice. Um, other than that, you know, just normal week stuff. I uh, ended up finishing the second book of the Poppy War trilogy and the third one. Uh, I couldn't get that off of like the subscription I have for Scribd, which is like an online reading service. So I started reading this other series. Uh, it's called Scythe and it's like a young adult novel. So, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy mm-hmm. or groundbreaking, but it was pretty entertaining. I finished that today. Uh, maybe I'll talk about it some other time. Nice. But yeah, just, just kind of chilling. Sounds like uh, some good time. I'm glad your sister started in college. Pretty cool. And you yeah. say she's in an apartment though. So she's not like living on like student living or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she was kind of like, like the situation I had with whenever I went to college, I, I waited a bit to see like what the financial aid packages would be. And I kind of mm. missed out on like applying for dorms. They were already filled up by the time I made my decision. And she was kind of in the same boat too. So luckily she had a friend who also was in the same boat and they went and found like a two bedroom and their apartments are super close to campus and the rooms are kind of small. So it's basically like a dorm. They just each have their own separate room and separate bathroom, but the rooms themselves have like a tiny bed and barely any space though. It's, it's cozy. So they definitely, they got a good place for their situation. So 
I mean, it's freshman year. You're like freshman year. You live in a, the worst place in a tiny thing. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's like deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Your initiation to college basically is, yeah you, yeah. you like your old bedroom at home. Well, guess what? <laughs> Most people have to live, you know, in a dorm with, with you and another person literally right next to you. I know that's what you had to do. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's freshman year, so <laughs> you don't have to that's live funny. in luxury. Awesome. Um, my, my siblings started college. Well, Dylan is doing his stuff with college stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, like just kind of going through what he's already been going through. But, uh, Chloe just started her first year. Um, so she's been like, most of her stuff's like remote. So she's not living on campus or doing anything weird or even having to go to campus for her stuff. Right. Cause she's in the uh, community college, but, um, all her classes are like online and she got a new laptop so she can like zoom in and do whatever she has to do and get her work done. But she's been asking me for like help with math and i'm like look i haven't taken a math class since my freshman year of college (laughs) it's been a while (laughs) yeah like i didn't have to do a lot of math so um but so it's good for them they're kind of starting the little thing Mm -hmm. but um with me i'm gonna start doing private lessons soon so i've been having to get the horn out again i haven't played in like a couple months (laughs) since Ah. may so i'm like oh my goodness so i had to i'm looking at the uh all state music um and going through that I'm like, it's kind of tough. I'm like, I haven't played in a while, so it's kind of hard. But um, I mean, I've only looked at it like twice, so that's not that. Right. It's really not that bad. But I'm um, going to go through that, trying to get really good at it so I can help whoever I need to help get good at that before their auditions later this year. Yeah, cool. It'll be interesting, know. you know, filling into that role for high school students like what we had back in high school. I know. So, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's exciting, weird. though. What goes around comes around, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we are the teachers now. Way. Yeah, I am the educator. Um, but yeah, but also, because we're talking about Nightwear the Wolf today, um, I was like, I really want to play The Witcher. Like, I, I know that I started it and I hadn't finished it, but the only reason why I didn't finish it was because I was playing it on the Nintendo Switch. And I got right. it for the novelty of, like, having it on Switch because I knew it was coming out on Switch. But, like, the graphics were, like, really kind of blurry, kind of muddy. And I know that CD Projekt Red came out with an update where you could, like, change with like change the um post-processing so you could like make it look or run better um to your liking like turn off anti-aliasing and stuff like that and turn off the bloom effect and water and whatever and like the witcher sense so like your game looking run smoother and so i've been doing i'm messing around with that kind of stuff but I, I was waiting to play it like on ps4 or if i ever got a pc to play it on pc and the reason why I haven't bought it on PS4, it is on sale, or like the last couple of days when I checked, it was on sale for 10 bucks for the complete edition. I was like, oh, I should just buy wow. it. Wow. Yeah, that's it a steal. PS4. I know. I was like, I should just do it. But I mean, I didn't want to, like, my save data was so far. I looked how many quests I have, and I have like maybe eight more mainline quests before I, I see the end of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I really want to just go through the whole game again just because it looks better? Like, and I mean, that's part of the experience as well, and I know that. Um, but with like the PC version, you can sh- transfer your cloud save data to like Steam, um, and then you can download it and like play it on a computer. So like maybe I can convince my brother let me play it on his PC. You know, like I can download the save data and put it on my Steam account and then play it on a computer with better graphics. Um, but like where I'm at, so I don't have to like restart all of the stuff that I've done because mm-hmm. they they have they have a save transfer, but it doesn't work on PS4. It only works on PC. Gotcha. But it, yeah, but I was like, you know, it's great. I'm just, I'm just going to play it. <laughs> so yeah, I've been doing Witcher contracts, trying to get a lot of money and like, um, wherever I'm at in the game. So, and 
I, I don't even remember like a lot of what I've already done in terms of like story progression. So like, I'm like kind of lost, um, but kind of rewatching this movie and it kind of like revitalized my like interest of like wanting to get back in the Witcher universe and like kind of understand more of the lore. Good. Yeah. And there's a lot of lore to be found. Yeah. Especially with this movie, which is really cool because it kind of like, you know, it's in the past, right? So it sets that up, but let's get right into the movie. Nightmare of the wolf, nightmare, wolf, nightmare, nightmare of the wolf. The Witcher. Yes. (laughs) Um, well, Zach, what do you think about it? I I liked it a lot, and I think we we kind of like briefly talked about it for a second in, in detail, but we both agree that we liked it, right? Yeah, I, I definitely liked this movie a whole lot. Uh, I really was hoping that Netflix would do a pretty good job with it, since I'm also a big Witcher fan. And you know, mm-hmm. going back to the game, I was always kind of sad that you couldn't play the game in its full glory because I played The Witcher Three is what we're talking about. I played it on my computer, my laptop. And it runs awesomely on my laptop. Like the graphics are mm-hmm. so good. The story is just amazing. And since I have such an attachment to that, and I've really enjoyed uh, the first season of the live action Netflix series too, I was hoping that they would, you know, do the story of Vesemir justice because he was a character yeah. I, I kind of knew, you know, going into the movie, uh, just a different, a different side of Vesemir because in the Witcher three, he's obviously old. He's trained Geralt and, you know, Geralt's fully trained at this point and has been a Witcher for many, many decades. Uh, so Vesemir is like old and wizened, you know, you only see him as like this calm, wise and caring old man. Uh, but the, the Vesemir we see in Nightmare of the Wolf is a totally different story, but it makes sense because mm-hmm. this is a much younger Vesemir and it's kind of cool way too younger. that, yes, way younger. It's, it's cool too that they threw in the details of, you know, you find out, uh, I guess skipping a little bit ahead with, with like his love interest, you know, she's turned old towards the end of the movie. She's like 70. And Vesemir is also 70 in this movie. You look at him mm-hmm. and you look at how young he seems, you would think, oh, he's probably in his late 20s, you know, maybe mid 30s. But uh, the witchers, they, they age very slowly. And Geralt does, too. You know, he looks kind of old in the games, but he's very old, you know, and in the show as well. So, you know, Vesemir, he looks young. He is young. He's still kind of like this roguish guy who's, you know, kind of arrogant and only cares about money. But he's actually 70 years old. Uh, but, you know, all that's to say, all that aside, I thought it was a great movie. I thought that they really did the story justice, the story that they wanted to tell. And it was interesting, mm-hmm. all the lore they threw in. So I was happy with it for sure. Um, I didn't even realize, like, I knew who Vesemir was, right? <laughs> but, like, I didn't, like, put the pieces together until, like, the very end of the movie. And then, like, going back and kind of, like, doing more research. And I'm like, oh, duh. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so for me, it was... um. Like I was, I haven't been invested in the lore as much as you have. So like seeing some of the stuff, like I knew of it, but I wasn't like as familiar. Like some of the stuff didn't hit me initially when I was watching the beginning or watching right. the entire movie. And I think that a lot of people that maybe have just seen the Witcher show, the live action show on Netflix, probably don't even know at all who Vesemir is. And then whenever mm-hmm. you have like the Geralt reveal at the very end of the movie, maybe they start to make the connection. Wait, this is the guy that trained Geralt. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of had a an uh, upper hand on most people because I, I knew that coming in and I was like, cool, they're doing a story on Vesemir. I don't know much about Vesemir, only like his later years in life. So I want to see what he did when he was young. But most people w- were probably just like, oh, you know, who is this person? And maybe they were kind of shocked to see Geralt at the end. Um, what I was really interested or like what I really liked about the movie was like, you know, a lot of like um, just crazy violence, like crazy gore, crazy mm-hmm. like like stuff like you would do in the witcher game like stuff that you would like you would 
think that would happen in the scenario in like certain scenarios with this kind of like power level this kind of magic and these kind of um monstrous villains that you have yeah um, especially the very beginning of the movie where it was like that whole scene um with the the legend mm-hmm. they really showed off all they could do and i i actually read a couple articles that were talking about how you know is vesemir a better swordsman than Geralt because he showed all these flashy moves in the movie but the animators they had to sit down with these interviewers and be like look it only looks that way because of the animation format of this movie like we mm-hmm. could do so much that we couldn't necessarily do that wouldn't even be possible in live action so you see vesemir with like these flashy moves and you also see the monsters you know doing crazy things and all the intense gore it'd be so hard to pull it off live action but they really use the animation format well to show all of this. And, you know, it's gory. It's probably not a movie for kids, but it does the lore justice. It does the game justice because, you, mm-hmm. you know, you've played the game too. Uh, you're hacking things to pieces, you know, left and right. There's a lot of gore. There's a lot of violence and it's very gritty. And I thought that also this, this movie did a good job of capturing that gritty feel of the world of The Witcher. It's not mm-hmm. really a happy place at all. You know, this is kind of like a grim, dark world that all these characters live in. And it was nice to see Vesemir, who's very like, you know, bright and, you know, almost like a rogue. Like I said, you know, he kind of brings this light to the to the tale. But overall, it's a dark mm-hmm. environment. And I think that the animation did a great job of showing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, like at the very end scene when he's battling Tetra and he's just, you know, <laughs> deflecting arrows. coming. Yeah. Out. Like he's, go- he's going through like literal portals and he's just deflecting arrows. Like, can they do that? <laughs> I mean, you did see Geralt in in the the battle of I think it was Blaviken, right? In in the very yeah. first episode of The Witcher, and then someone shoots a crossbow at him, and he deflects the arrow. Yeah, the Witchers yeah, have yeah. hypersense, so they were able yeah, to do right. it. But in in the live action, we were only able to see like one scene of that, right? Where Geralt like mm-hmm. knocks the arrow aside. Whereas with Vesemir, you see him just like slicing arrows left and right, bouncing out of portals, like he said. It's 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 crazy. But Witchers were always able to do that, and I'm glad that they used the animation format to show that. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning of the movie kind of caught me off guard in terms of like um, the timeline because <laughs> I I re- like I didn't when when the kids started to show up you know it was Vesemir young and um, I guess I wasn't paying attention or it was just abrupt or like it just like flashed back to like him as a kid because the beginning of the movie it's him as an adult right yeah doing Witcher stuff but then mm-hmm. it flashbacks to him as a kid with um, uh, Ileana or whatever and that I was like wait what but then it. I figured it out like immediately like oh this is him but as a as a child but initially it kind of like was oh my gosh where where am i at in the in the timeline or the progression right. of the movie yeah uh it, i i i kind of followed it as well but you know it's cool that they also did like a backstory showing how he became the vesemir that we are starting to get introduced to like the older vesemir uh, mm-hmm. And it did it in a very, a very cool way, you know, showing sequences of flashbacks, then also like cutting back to him as an adult, just to kind of show all the trials he went through. And even, you know, the trial he went through, which was the trial of the grasses. And it's cool, too, that this movie showed in depth kind of what the trial of the grasses was, because mm-hmm. when you play The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, uh, Geralt does mention it sometimes. And he talks about it with Vesemir, too. He talks about it with uh, Lambert, and he talks about it with Eskel, who, fun fact, are also in this movie as those kids that you see at the end. But, you know, they're all grown men in The Witcher 3. And they talk about the trial. They talk about the fact that they couldn't really ever do it again. And this is also relevant, too, to the games. Because you see, you know, in that battle that happens, all the mages that created the Witchers, that created the mutagens that they used in the trial, they all died. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, in the game, The Witcher 3, Geralt talks about that, saying that they might be potentially the last of their kind because they don't really know how to how to put forth people into the trials anymore. They don't have the mages that have the necessary skills to make the mutations. But I thought it was cool that in this movie you see the process. You see how the kids are just like woken up one night, left in the woods for monsters to attack. They call it like the culling to see who's strong and who's not. Then after Mm -hmm. that, you know, they have them in this room and they just keep injecting them with these mutagens that are literally mutating their cells. And Mm -hmm. if they die, they die. The witchers only want like the strongest people to become true witchers. And Geralt mm-hmm. does talk about it to some of his love interests, some of his friends, saying that it was probably the worst time of his life, that the survival rate was pitiful. Because back in his time, that's when, you know, witchers were aplenty. And you see that in, in this movie with Vesemir, that, you know, Kaer Morhen, which is their keep, is just full of witchers. Uh, but by the time Geralt is, you know, old, and it's like, even even the time period we see in the live-action Witcher series, Kaer Morhen's been destroyed, and there's, mm-hmm. like, barely any witchers at all. And we see the destruction in this movie, too. So yeah, it was happened. exactly it was cool that they showed kind of the backstory of Vesemir and how he became a witcher. And then they kind of set the stage for, you know, Geralt and his situation as we know it as well. Um, I was uh, I wasn't confused, but like that witch lady, right? Tetra, she was wanting to um, or she was in cahoots with the witcher people at the time to like manufacture more uh monsters so that the witchers could kill them right so yeah that that was the only part of the movie that was kind of convoluted and mm-hmm. i think it was kind of glanced over a bit you kind of had to fill in the blanks yourself the way i saw it this could be wrong because i haven't really done like big analysis on it but the way i saw it w- with first watch was that uh so the the guy that trained vesemir i can't remember his name do you remember his name uh delgan yeah, yeah, that guy. He sounded. I, I thought. It, I thought for the longest time, hearing his voice, that he was like Gerard Butler, because <laughs> you know, like uh, in How to Train Your Dragon, he's he's a uh, Hiccup's uh, dad, and that that voice sounded exactly okay, yeah. the same, <laughs> but it's not him. But uh, anyway, you know, uh, it was him, and he was he was in league with the mages at the keep, trying to make these new monsters. Because you know, the the driving force of the plot is that. There's so many witchers and not as much monsters as there used to be because witchers are going around killing them. And so mm-hmm. business was starting to kind of dry up. And he was like, ah, oh, Vesemir, we need like a new breed of monster to fight, you know? And Vesemir's just like, whatever. But I think that he was manufacturing those monsters for the witchers so that they could continue to make money. I'm not sure if Tetra was involved with that or not. She could have very well been. I know, you know, the whole entire time her end goal was to destroy the witchers. And she kind of goes on like a monologue at the end saying like, I watched as a witcher killed my, my mm. mother or something like that. And that's why she wanted vengeance. But she could have definitely had a hand in uh, making these monsters because she was also in league with that one creation, right? The one that came from the witcher's labs, yeah. the one that could turn into a fox. So that leads me to believe that maybe she was in league with them at first. And then her overall plan, though, was to wipe them out. Well, I, I think... What I, what I was thinking the whole time was the reason why I even thought that she was re- like related to all that too was because I thought she was wanting to like, you know, set them up to like, oh, the witches are evil. Look at the witch. Like, th- like they are doing this thing and that she wanted to like kind of uh, sh- show the people that the witches are bad people. Like remember that one guy got, you know, executed in front of like that king dude. Right. And he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um yeah, and I thought that like they were like trying to set the witchers up to make them look bad, so that they would 
you know, get all killed or like have that, you know, pitchfork thing. Right. Get to get all the town folks rallied up to be like, yeah, you witches are evil. Yeah. (laughs) And I think actually you're, you're probably right. Because uh, that would make a whole lot of sense, and she needed that like driving force to convince the king and to, to convince the people that the witchers were bad. When you know, you you know, as as a watcher, that she's just as bad or worse. But mm-hmm. she wanted her vengeance, and I think I think you're right on that. That she was uh, in league with them to create these monsters for her own purposes, of course. Yeah, like she had some underlying motive. Mm-hmm. Um, but ba- back to like the creation of witchers, um, I feel. <laughs> I, I meant to say this earlier, but it kind of reminds me of like um, how like the Halo Spartans are made, like the first generation Spartans, mm-hmm. where they just like take the kids. Because um, I and I know they don't just like take kids in this in this world, but like because in in Halo they like kidnap like certain kids and then replace them with like a clone of them or something, and then uh. that clone would like would like die really quickly, so the family thinks that that kid died, like the person who took Master Chief. Uh, professor halsey or whatever dr halsey um like took him from his family or whatever and then they like did the like the trials where like a lot of the sp- beginning spartans just couldn't just go through like the the transformation process to become these to become these like superhuman people and so that kind of reminded me of that cause they would just inject him with stuff and like make him go through all these trainings and um some would die off because they just they just couldn't do it yeah that sounds very similar to what happens in the trial of the grasses yeah. And, uh, I think most of the time they either, they either picked up orphans or they like in this, in this really harsh world. Sometimes I think Geralt talks about it in the game. Sometimes parents would literally just sell their kids to the witchers. Like the witchers would come knocking and the parents who are, who are really poor. Let's say they're like a farmer or something, just struggling to make ends meet. They might have too many kids and just say, okay, witcher, you can have my ninth born child or something like that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately that would happen in this world. Uh, we even get some brief flashbacks, I think. I think I remember some brief flashbacks of Geralt as a, as a child in the live-action Witcher series. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested to see in Season 2, which is coming out uh, in December of this year, if they're going to go more into Geralt's past and how he was, you know, how he was selected, and maybe even go through his Trial of the Grasses, because mm-hmm. the games didn't really touch much on that. I don't really know much about that. But, you know, as a side note, too... This is a good setup for season two because Vesemir is going to be in season two of the live action Witcher series. Obviously the old Vesemir, but this is a cool introduction to him as a character for people that maybe haven't been familiar with the games. Yeah, it's really nice how they're, they're setting this up, though, like with this Netflix movie coming out prior to the season two, kind of introducing this character that people if you're just watching, because I know a lot of people have been introduced to the Witcher just from the Netflix original series. Right. Right. Like my family, a lot of people who don't even know anything about the games or even the books. Um, this is a great way to kind of like, you know, get them familiar with some backstory, some a little bit of lore with this animated uh, movie. Right. hundred percent. And that was a great plan by Netflix. Some people, I think, kind of wrote this off as just like a way to tide Witcher fans over towards the live action release on December. But if, I mean, if that was the goal, they did it well. It, it, it helped yeah. me, you know, get through these times waiting for The Witcher because I have been waiting in anticipation. But also it's a great stepping stone towards that show. Yeah, I mean, this is a good movie. Like, this seems very intentional. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. A lot it's of great. thought was put into this, and um, with the lore and the characters. And um, for me, at the very end of the movie, I was like, "They're gonna, they're gonna introduce Geralt. They have to say his name somewhere." Like, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> and then, sure enough, he goes, 
that is right, Geralt, or whatever. Very, uh... <laughs> I knew he would be in the movie the entire time. Once I saw the yeah. kids, I, I picked up who Geralt was almost immediately because he had like that intense look in his eyes. You know, yeah. it's animation, so you, you, know, you could say maybe I just saw it, but you can kind of see what they were going towards. And it's it's funny too how there's like this brief conversation between Vesemir and one of his pals about who's going to make it through the trial of the grasses, and they don't even mention Geralt. They're like, oh, Eskel Lambert, maybe this other person, and Eskel Lambert do make it. Uh, he doesn't even mention Geralt though, and he's like, funny enough, the most scrawny and tiny boy out of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why was he bald? I don't know. For that? Because uh, I, I was. Like when I first picked him out from the, the bunch of boys in the middle of the movie, he had hair. So I'm not sure why he was bald. Maybe they had already gone through like some of the trials at that point, and maybe he okay. lost his hair. That's all I could think like of. Well, I was like at the very end, I'm like, why is he bald? Yeah, that <laughs> didn't make any sense to me either. Mm. I like when the Vesemir's eyes turned from his like original color to like full on, like the Witcher yellow, golden yellow color. Mm-hmm. Cat. That was a cool scene. Yeah, the cat, the cat yeah. eyes, is that what this is called? It's called, yeah, it's called cat. In the games, uh, whenever you want to see in the dark, you can drink this potion that's just called cat, and then your eyes turn that color. I think Witcher's eyes are always kind of in tune to be able to see with the dark, but they turn like full on like cat eyes if you drink the potion. The one that he was using for combat was a whole different one, and I'm not sure what that yeah. one's called, but you can use that well, in the games like, as well. Get- where you get like kind of veiny and the eyes turn all black. Yeah, I think that one imbues you with some strength and like a lot of speed. And you can see that with how Vesemir just like became yeah. this combat god after he ingested the potion. And you can definitely it's use so that crazy. in The Witcher. It's like insane the way he does it. He just drinks it and like it doesn't like, like they can still like talk and move normally. Like because I remember he drinks it and he like kind of slows down and turns like turns back and talks to I think Delgan or somebody in the middle of like the battle at the end mm-hmm. um, before he goes and does something. But he like you know like it doesn't like shoot them up where they just like go crazy and like rampage. They like still have control over themselves, but their face looks all crazy. Right, and that's a lot in in uh, attribution to the trial of the grasses to be able to handle all these different toxins they ingest. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're, you know, from information I know from playing the games, they talk about it a little bit. And then Geralt says that if anybody drank like a witcher's potions, like the one that you see Vesemir drinking, it would either kill them or make them go berserk and lose their mind. Right. Mm-hmm. So because of the mutations they have, they're able to just play it cool and still, you know, be this focused combat god, basically. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, Vesemir's arc, I guess, in the story. Um, and we, we talked about like, uh, some of like the poor families may have sold their kids to the witchers for like money, right? Cause witchers make money and that's kind of a motivating factor for Vesemir as a child, right? Cause you know, he's a poor kid with his, his friend. Um, and he's thinking that maybe if I do this, I can make a lot of money and then I can help my friend. And then I, like, that was kind of his initial motivating factor. And then even as an adult, that kind of, it seems like he's like really money hungry, really wanting to just the whole purpose of being a witcher was to make money and live a life of luxury to to some extent right right yeah and that differs a lot from other witcher motivations and vesemir is kind of woken up to this whenever he goes and voluntarily joins the the witchers at care morin because i think at first he thinks everybody came there on their own like vesemir did 
But yeah. a lot of his cohorts say, why would I want to be here? Like, this is torture. I would never want to be here. And Vesemir's like, wow, I might be the only one out of all of these kids that actually chose to become a witcher. And yeah. uh, he does talk to Delgan about it later, saying, like, you knew I would come as soon as you showed me that sack of gold. And mm-hmm. it, uh, does, it does attest to Vesemir's motivations throughout the movie that he just kind of wants a lot of gold. And it may not just be him being greedy, because you do see him whenever he's young with Elena, his love interest, and she's saying how she always wants like this cabin by the lake, and she wants servants to attend to them rather than them being the servants. So maybe a part of him was thinking of, you know, me and Elena were done, right? After he became a witcher, he kind of accepted mm-hmm. that. But he wanted, a part of him wanted to be able to be that man that could provide something like that for a woman he loved. Mm-hmm. But he never fell out of love. <laughs> exactly. He and sees her again, a, and it's all back. Yeah. Which was like kind of sad and kind of happy at the same time, that first moment, you know, and she kind of tells a little bit about her life where she, you know, had a couple kids, had a husband who just passed away. And, and I guess for him, it was just like, you know, it's kind of sad, but he like still, you know, holds her. And then they, they have that kiss mm-hmm. where he's, she's like, I'm 70. And he's like, oh, I'm 72. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why would you it's want like, me? What a, you know, what a good moment. But then at the yeah. very end where he, he's like, he's like that illusion spell or whatever, whatever happening with like, uh, in the battle with Tetra and he thinks he like, Oh, it freaked me out though. Cause I thought he got his arm cut off. Like I was like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then he like stabs her. Right. But then he, he st- thinks he stabs Tetra, but it was really Alana. Yeah. That, that was pretty heartbreaking. I wasn't even, I didn't even know what was happening until I saw him get his arm chopped off or his hand chopped off. Uh, cause mm-hmm. I thought he was just winning. I was like, Oh my God, Vesemir, he's, he's kicking butt. As soon as he got his hand chopped off though, I was like, wait, the Vesemir I know from the games has both of his hands. And I was like, cause I was watching it with Caitlin. I was like, Oh my God, it was all an illusion. And then mm-hmm. lo and behold, we see that, like he said, he did not stab Tetra. He stabbed Elena and it, it's a pretty tragic ending for Vesemir. Um, but I mean, he, he, he kind of gets closure to some extent though, right? He, he takes her takes her to like the lake, right? And he uses I don't know a super igni because he like has that fire, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he like melts the lake so she could see the pretty lake and they can sit by the lake and have like that one last moment together. Yeah, and that that was a great moment. This was very well done. I think it was probably mm-hmm. the best moment in the movie because you know going back to we were talking about uh, Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild, which is another recent Netflix animation movie. And if they did emotion badly, right, they really rushed through yeah. things and you never really felt anything for the characters. And this movie wasn't long at all. You know, it was only like an hour and 20 minutes long. So it was only, you know, 24 minutes longer than uh, the Legends of the Guild movie. But mm-hmm. the emotional buildup that we had between like Vesemir and Elena was very subtle and they did it very well uh, with with the backstory going into adulthood and then showing those like small moments like where Vesemir you could see on his face that he still loved her they they shared that kiss and even her like defending the witchers in in court you knew that was because she still loved Vesemir you know mm-hmm. she would never dispel them she was always trying to be on their side because of him and then that scene mm-hmm. where you see her dying he he knows that she's a goner he's not trying to beg he's not trying to barter he's not trying to be like oh my god come back to me he's he's real he's been through a lot he knows what's happening he goes out to this lake, he melts it, the lake that she always wanted to live by, right? And uh, you just see him doing all these things for her, and she's like, it's so beautiful, and she dies at peace. And the yeah. best part was that you don't really see, like, this sobbing scene. You just see Vesemir, like, silently crying to the side. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt something, you know, watching yeah, that. That hurt me, dude. I was like, oh my gosh, my ma'am just 
he like lost almost everything and he has to just live his next hundred years by himself. <laughs> exactly. And the fact that he was so roguish and arrogant made it hit even harder because, you know, after, after this happens and you see the way he reacts to her death, you know, that deep down he was hurting and he, he has just been hurt so badly. He's trying to keep it together and be the man that he has mm-hmm. been for years, but you know, this kind of broke him. And then he becomes more serious after that. This this is, you know, the molding of Vesemir as a teacher, as someone who wasn't just about the gold and the glory. And mm-hmm. I think that this was a defining moment to be the man that could teach Geralt all that he knows and, and raise exactly. Geralt up to be the Witcher we know. Yeah, it was really like hum- like put put him back down to earth, humbled him a little bit. Um, let him be the man that he needs to be now. Exactly. And then you get the horse scene where he you know name drops Geralt <laughs> yes <laughs> and that you know, they they gotta end it that way they gotta bring it full circle so that uh the fans like we were talking about who maybe have only seen the live action series will have a connection to this and they'll be like oh my god like there we go Geralt <laughs> um I don't understand why they made him so handsome Vesemir in the game old looks like an old nasty man old yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was like I was thinking the same thing as you whenever even like, whenever I saw the trailer. <laughs> I was like, why is he not like like he's way too like I know it's animated, but like they like gave him like a nice like modern haircut with like a really nice clean cut beard. Exactly. Um like he has like a fade and like a <laughs> like, <laughs> like like Vesemir, dude, you were like looking handsome, dude. Like what happened? Like there's no way that you just like got <laughs> A big nose and a big forehead and balding and like, there's no way that happened. <laughs> yeah, he's not attractive in the games. And I was thinking the same thing. I was kind of scratching my head because uh, like even Geralt in the games is kind of old. Like, you know, I guess maybe he's always had white hair, but you can see like kind of wrinkles on his face and such. But he's still yeah. a handsome man. Like you could see he has, that, like, he has a nice ch- like sharp chin. Exactly. You know, like he's like he has very masculine features, just like Vesemir does in this animated movie. So like where did that go? Yeah, you know, Vesemir's got a round face. Round and, face, you know, yeah. Like maybe a wart on his on his face. Like you said, the big nose, big forehead. You're like, I don't really see him as this handsome man back in the day. I don't could be wrong, but it doesn't really it doesn't really fit. Yeah, they need to explain that. Or since if it's this like a Netflix lore, Netflix canon, then I, I don't who do you know the actor who's playing Vesemir in the in the live action movie? I don't know. Because if he's if he's handsome and has like similar features to this Vesemir, then I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and that that would be totally fine because yeah, this is an adaptation, so they can take little small liberties like that. It was cool mm-hmm. that you have like Henry Cavill when he's playing Geralt. He's a a known fan of the games, like he loves the games. And in lots mm-hmm. of the interviews, people talk to him about how he's a gamer. And I think that he brought a lot of Geralt from the games, that character, into how he plays Geralt in the Netflix show. Uh, but as far as, like, Vesemir is concerned, they could have chosen any actor they wanted, right, that they think could fit the part. So you, you have a good point. If they have an actor that's going to look like this animated version of Vesemir, then it could fit. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, I need to get back to playing The Witcher, Witcher, like, actual game, Witcher 3 Mm -hmm. because then we can like finish talking about that but i'm really excited to one finish that game but then whatever happens going into december and finish like starting to watch that netflix series and then having conversations about that because then we can bring this bring this back in and i may rewatch the uh uh the first season because i kind of forgot about it a little bit after you know it came out because there if there was flashbacks like you said there was then it would be interesting to kind of like see what was going on then with the knowledge of this movie you know what i mean 
yeah i agree i agree fully i've only seen <clears throat> the the series once as well so i i could probably do a rewatch definitely before season two comes out maybe we could yeah, even talk sure. about it at some point we'll see yeah all right well, i think that's a good place to end it zach what do you think yeah i would agree yeah it's a great movie we both liked it go check it out uh but yeah zach you have any final words yeah, like like Alex said, definitely check this out if you haven't. Probably not for younger viewers, but like like I said, it's it's a short movie, very well done. If you were a fan of the live action Witcher series, or even you know just kind of getting into the Witcher, you don't have to watch the, the live action series. This is not really going to spoil anything for you. So you know, get your feet wet, or maybe continue with what you've seen. But I would definitely recommend this movie. Yeah, for sure. Go watch it if you haven't, even though we spoiled the whole movie. We, we say that every time, but, you know, it is what it is sometimes. <laughs> That's just how it is. <laughs> it's just how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> With that, Zach, I'll see you next time. Sounds good. See ya. See ya.